pre-show warning, for some reason, the audio quality on this one was a little bit rough. I tried to fix it up the best I could, but there's still a couple parts that are choppy, so please forgive that. Brendan Foe Adventure Co. is an immaturely mature podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Welcome back to Friend and Foe Adventure Co. Today is very different from anything that has ever happened here on this show. And you'll find out why in just a moment. So without any further ado, oh, I'm your BM, Riley. That's all. Let's start this. We're going to kick this off by going three years into the past from where the Vault Hunters are presently in their story. Death comes for us all. We go to a warehouse There is a robot being shot at. Bullets hitting it. Fire. Upload initiated. Melting metal. 97%. 97%, 98%, 99%. Downloading. Downloading. File corrupted. Repairing. Download complete with errors. You become conscious, but your eyes won't open, and your body isn't responding. Boot sequence initiated. Immediately, you're able to speak. You're... you're curious? Are you there? Doctor, something is happening over here. Doctor? The doctor? Wait, why do I... Hello? Please not number four. Please not number four. Doctor's electronic intern. Identify model number. Model number. Uh, I don't have a model number. My name is Deimos. Where's my curious? Uh, Let me check something. And you hear tapping. I I can't seem to find. Doctor, files were corrupted in the transfer. I think it's... Is this number five? Number five? Is that you? Number five? As in Mambo number five? Yes, it's my favorite song. This isn't good. You are my favorite. Uh... Let's see what we can do here. And you hear some more tapping. And then your vision comes in, but you still can't move. You see a metal body and legs dangling over a dirty floor. Is that... Where's the... The... The fire? The... The... Those... Wait, the Sala... The Sala... Mercurius. Where's Mercurius? Give me to Mercurius now. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll get you there. Let's see. And you hear some more tapping and you're able to move your head. Okay. As you look around, you see a poorly lit room, dingy tools on trays and tables around it. A very old man is standing in front of you, tapping at this little tablet. He's wearing a dirty doctor's coat with blood splattered about it. One hand is missing. He has shoulder length, gray, greasy hair, disheveled, a dirty gray eye patch over one eye. Okay, we've got your movement back. I think to test out the movement, I'm just going to flail an arm forward. That's on him if he's within reach. I'm going to swing a full arm. Roll an interact check. That's a 15. You're able to move it pretty well, relatively well, but it does feel like a little sluggish even still. Mm. Okay. You do swing out. You barely brush him. Oh, good, good. Uh, I was worried that maybe there'd be too much rust here. Rust? How could there be... Rust? I'm not... Huh? What's happening? Number six, get the oil can. Oil can? You get the oil can, you old tottering fool. Six, six, five? What is going on here? I don't understand. Where's Mercurius? I'll catch you up. Last time, you, uh... Oh, yes, you... You're the one that saved me. 
I lost an eye, a hand, a home, a lab, uh, a lot of possessions like you. But the work continues. Uh, number six has seen better days, though. And you see the robot coming up with a can of oil in its hand. It's rusted nearly head to toe. Just about the only place that doesn't have rust is on the left leg, which you see has been replaced with a janky wooden plank from the knee down. That's rust, buddy. Maybe if you replace my parts, I could help more you decrepit old part. Know your place, number six. You can now be replaced. Replaced? What are you talking about? I'm not a robot. Boot sequence complete. Your memories come kind of back more, maybe somewhat damaged or corrupted. Well, actually, why don't you roll an insight? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a one, baby. <laughs> I don't know anything. You do have full control of your body now. Like You feel that all kind of come in. The doctor grabs oil and walks over to you and starts putting the oils on your joints. Ugh, stop. Ew, stop. Stop that. I'm going to try and smack the oil can out of his hand. Interact, check it. Uh, as a 10. You try, but your elbow joint hasn't been greased yet or oiled, whatever it is, and it doesn't quite bend right. Then the robot comes up, pulls out this cord out of its side. This should help you remember. Plugs it into your hip. Oh. Wait, watch it. Where are you Where are you sticking that thing? Hey. Plugs in, and I'm assuming... Memories come back, though they're more from number six's point of view though like it's mixing with your data and so there's like that corruption but you do remember somewhat the doctor and your time with the doctor do you remember me uh, i remember doctor doctor you're alive yes you saved me i that is not what happened what yes you did you stepped in front of the bullets and i don't think your memory is corrupted no one grabbed you and used you as a shield. Uh, well, I, I don't know why you lie about something like that, but how long has it been? Where, where did you go? What is, what, where's Mercurius? I don't know what Mercurius is, but like I said, I lost the home. I lost the lab. I lost so much. The kids? Oh, the kids were the best parts to lose, but everything else... Don't lie, you didn't even like those kids. They were just for experiments. The kids are very easy to make. Adults are harder. Doctor, I I appreciate you resuscitating me, but I, I really would appreciate if you'd stop pouring oil on me. It's not good for my luscious, beautiful skin. Uh, I've got to go. Uh, Mercurius is going to be so worried. Skin? I don't know what happened in the 20-some-odd year. 20... It's almost been two and a half decades since I've last seen you. Decades? What are you talking about? I thought you were goners for sure when I left. Well, I was certainly not goners, but I also don't appreciate you leaving me there to bleed out and die. Now, thankfully, someone had a little more humanity than you. His name is Mercurius, and he loves pancakes and guns and fixing things, and he goes to law school, and he's my friend, and I'm going to go find him. Goodbye, doctor. Oh, well, I'm going to try and start walking, but I'm assuming my legs are too rusty. Maybe I fall. No, he's, he's oiled y'all up. You start walking. Peace. Please don't leave me here alone with him. You know what? Come on, buddy. I know what you're feeling right now. Let's go. Goodbye, doctor. We're, we're taking our leave now. You get to the door. Number six isn't following. But as soon as you get to the door, your body tenses right up. You can't leave your mine. What kind of wizardry is this? 
I just disabled your limbs, your joints. Disable? You can't disable limbs. <laughs> you think I wouldn't know that? I'm a doctor's assistant. I have all the knowledge you do. There's no such thing as disabling a human's limbs. Number five, I don't know what happened to you in this time, but I'm just glad you're here. You're, you're going to help me get... Well, you got so much work done before. We can do more. You know, that sounds great. Um, except for the part where it doesn't sound great, and I... I need to go see Mercurius. He steps in front of you. This Mercurius fella probably really didn't even care about you. That's Cap. That's Cap. And I don't appreciate you talking like that. Mercurius was my best friend. And like family to me. And I'm gonna... And I hold up a finger to put like a finger in front of his face to stop him from interjecting. And then I notice that it's all like metal. What have you done? I brought you back. I hooked up an upload machine so that when one of my other machines passed, it would upload here. Upload? Granted, the body isn't great. I know I used to replace with gold and stuff. I was a lot younger, a lot flashier. But no, this this body's functional. Probably more functional than number six. It's true. More functional? Gold? What what are you even talking about? This is ridiculous. I am not... Oh my, I can't believe you turned me into a robot. What? After all these years, I thought, I thought maybe you'd gained some semblance of humanity, Doctor, but it appears your obsession with the mechanics has gone too far. Now you're experimenting on humans to the point of turning them into robots? This is disgusting. What? Number five. You know I love to experiment on humans, but you helped me. You were my prize intern. I was, I was a very good intern. That is true. You are correct. But this has gone too far. Your obsession with control. I can't believe this, but I'm going to find a way to do something about it. Just you wait. You turn your head and you can see a mirror and you see your body. And it looks like almost like a robotic, crappy crash test dummy. It's definitely not nice, uh, and it's definitely not human. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe this. There, there, buddy. We are in this together. I appreciate the sentiment, but I, I don't even know you, dude. Damos is going to turn. Uh, no offense or anything. I just, I literally don't know you like that. If we're in this together, though, oh, we're in this together. Oh. And then I'm going to go kind of quiet. The gears are turning. We're in this together. Okay. Okay. Hmm. That could come in handy later when I revolt against the doctor and make my great escape. <laughs> okay. Store that for later in the memory banks. I mean, memory, because I'm a human. Now we're going to time jump one year forward. And we're going to go to I Don't Fucking Know, a town that is on the kind of western side of Alaspis. Not a great area, but this town is pretty decent. It's a good-sized town, especially for way out there. We go to the City Hallatorium, and we're in the Mayor's Officeatorium. There is a kind of thin-ish man standing, a little bit of a gut, nice suit, like thin as in, like, you know, skinny. Narrow. Narrow. That's the word, yeah. 
narrow, and then there is a woman in there. What does the woman look like? I meant to ask you last time too, and I forgot. Oh, pretty mysterious. Just, you know, kind of like a tall, slender, dark, long hair. You just, you know, think of the word mysterious woman and uh, whatever pops up in your head. (laughs) Perfect. You and this guy are talking. He is the mayor. You know this. You've been working with him for a while. I know that your role isn't glamorous, nor do you get the public praise, but you've proven your value to me and this administration over and over again. You're a sun among stars. You are crucial to my re-election. One year from now, I'll be sworn in again, and it's going to be because of you, but we need to win the election first. We've hit a couple of speed bumps. I know there was a scandal or two. What dirt do you have and what's going to get me elected for next year? First, the scandals. We got to address the scandals. You need me to shut some people up? It's it's a lot of people and I don't know where those babies would go. Like maybe I can just make some sort of law or something that like requires me to kiss that many babies. Would that work? Is that weird? Listen, man, I don't know what your obsession is with kissing all these babies, but you're the mayor and your power is unlimited. So you do whatever you feel like you got to do. See, I like this. You not only do you have that intel, you've got the thoughts going on. You're you're smart. You could be mayor if you weren't so kind of weird. No offense. You know it. I don't want the responsibility. And responsibility. Yeah, but but you are you're so good at reassuring me and letting me know have confidence in my decisions. So thank you, Sailor. You are just, you're the best. Thank you. You're the big man. You're the big man in town. I appreciate all the work you've given me. Oh, of course. The window behind his desk is open and this cat hops in, is just staring at you. I stare back at the cat. Two fingers go up to my temple and I just stare at this cat with extreme intensity. And I need dead silence for five minutes. Yeah, the mayor, very familiar with this process. He doesn't even move from where he is. He stops writing things on his desk. He's totally silent for this. So after I'm done conversing with this cat that has appeared in the window, I turn to the mayor and I say, okay, one of the parents is really mad because you actually like crushed in one of the baby's skulls with your one of your last kisses. So we got to think about how we're going to approach this from a PR standpoint. Is there like permanent damage? It's pretty con- convex. The head is the head is no longer round. It is uh, like a moon. Okay, yeah. but but like functional baby, yet to be determined. Not dead at the very least, then. But is it alive? That is the question. Is it really living? Well, the moon is beautiful. Moon shape. That's great. Uh, There's got to be something there. PR. Uh, More room to hold thoughts like a cup of water. Because they're like bowled in. Because it's bowled in. Convex. Yeah. Convex. Yeah. Or no, concave. 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 Cavalcade. Listen, I didn't go to to the schoolatorium, okay? (laughs) I know. You were raised in the streets, right? I was raised on the streets. Yes. You've told me a hundred times, uh... And I definitely listen. I listen to the important stuff. Maybe we could have like a R&D develop some sort of like stamp or something just in case. Like a kiss stamp? Kiss stamp. Yes, that could be helpful. I'll send Dr. Olivia Benson on it. I turned back to the cat, stare at the cat very intently for another five minutes. I need complete silence for five minutes. Fingers up to my temple telling the cat, hey, run down to R&D and tell the people down in R&D we need a kiss stamp so that the mayor stops breaking baby's skulls. And then the cat gives me a singular nod 
and hops back out the window. Thanks. I'm not saying I'm going to use it for sure, but it's kind of in nice the back pocket. Yeah. It would be nice to have. Exactly. In case, just in case. Mm-hmm. Then I could throw that out that we're developing a stamp so that this stops happening. Hey, worst case scenario, use it on the back of your letters, swack, sealed with a kiss, and then it doesn't go to waste. Oh, wow. Okay. That would definitely help so that I don't have to kiss hot wax every time I seal a letter. I don't know why you keep doing that. It gives that personal touch. Your lips are destroyed. Maybe that's why the baby's skulls are in trouble. Listen, I know that you are very intelligent, very street smart, but I'm a little bit of a better people person. So mm. that personal touch is why I'm mayor and you're... <laughs> Whatever it is you are. Whatever it is you are. <laughs> your untitled role. <laughs> I think we discussed it unofficially being like the NSA or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The NSA. You are the sole member and vice president of the NSA. The NSA for I don't fucking know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did the NSA stand for? You came up with that. The... National Secrets Association. Oh my gosh, that's good. Yeah, National and then Secrets in parentheses Association. So it's like <laughs> the N parentheses Association. Hey. <laughs> yeah. That's a potential episode name right there. <laughs> and then you hear a knock at the door. Come in. And in comes this assistant, very confident. Hey, Mayor, how are you doing today? Hey, Paul, good to see you. Another trusted member of my team. What you got for me? Well, sir, there seems to be some bandits that are roaming around. They've been hitting some of the caravans. Happens every couple of years. What do you want to do? Kill them. That's always my answer. That's my firm stance on bandits is kill them. Yeah, you're right. I don't know why I even had to come and ask. Do you want me to send out Benjamin Button? Oh, uh, it's an election year. And... Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Gotta keep your hands clean. Wink. Yeah, Paul chimes in and... There's still a couple people in the the mental wingatorium at the hospitalatorium after the last one. Uh, so probably best to sit this one out for now. Gotcha. I'll keep them at home. Now we are going to go south. We're just jumping all over all sorts of locations here. We go south of Alaspis into New Albion. Somewhere in New Albion. It's a big place. There is a woman... She is wearing a gray trench coat over a regal blue bodysuit, sensible combat boots, brown hair and a ponytail. Sheathed at her hip is this beautiful sword. It has a sapphire gem at the end of the hilt. And behind her is a burning building. She pulls out her echo stone. Prophet, the job is done. Excellent, Madam Lucinda. The boss will be proud. <laughs> yeah, of course he will be. I think I misspoke. He will be adequately satisfied. I heard tears and I don't want you to get your hopes up. Um, you didn't hear tears. That was the crackling of the flames. And I, I've done the job. Very well, Lucinda. I suggest you get home then and rest up. There's plenty more work to be done in the future. I'm just going to hang up. <laughs> <laughs> You're standing there. You can hear some screams coming from the building behind you. Uh, Somebody in the second floor runs and breaks a window and they fall onto the floor and they're just on the ground in front of the building, motionless, burning. I walk over to the body and I shoot it in the head just to make sure. There's no flinching or anything, but the body definitely, you know, jostles as the bullet impacts it. It was basically a mercy. 
So where do you go to after that? Well, my instructions were to return to the house. Like a good little soldier, you do. You go back to your house, chilling in your room. What do you do on your free time? What does Lucinda like to do? I don't have free time. I train. Ooh, okay. All right. You start going through and doing a little accounting and then sword training, throwing ninja stars and hitting dead center in the bullseye. Through a montage of actions, you show that you are a very, very deadly assassin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Very organized, very well put together. Uh, an assassin is nothing without, you know, good tax returns. <laughs> if you think camping out and waiting to snipe somebody takes discipline, try doing taxes. <laughs> exactly. So you're doing all of these training things, working out, reading books, uh, studying things, furthering your education, furthering your physical health, everything, right? You're just, you're very well-rounded. You get a call on your Echo Stone from Crawford again. Lucinda, there's another job that needs done. Send me the details. So now we go back to Deimos. You have been working with the doctor for a year now. What's been happening over the course of this year? Uh, I think for at least the first three months, it was repetitive uh, escape attempts. Sometimes he would just throw model number six over his shoulders and try and like hurl out the window in heroic fashion. But every time he'd get locked up and inevitably realize the futility of these efforts not even halfway through uh, the course of that year. He ended up just kind of stepping back and realizing, yeah, we're stuck here. Um, I think he still has this pipe dream that somewhere out there, um, Mercurius is looking for him, but it's just that, just a pipe dream. And uh, so he's diligently working alongside the uh, doctor again, albeit reluctantly. After you kind of come to terms, you maybe start relaxing a little bit Less so than relaxing, it's more so like somewhat akin to what we often feel when we are working an office job, per se, and just our coworkers are just the fucking worst. But you're stuck there. You got to work your shift. You go in every day. You got to greet these people. So I feel like he sees the doctor as like this kind of inevitability. He's got to work with this guy because there's really no other choice. So he'll probably be like, He's still helpful, but he's very like snarky comments and is very belligerent about like, no, you turned me into a robot. I was a human. You took that away from me and I'll never forgive you for that. But also hand me the scalpel. All right, let's get to work kind of thing. After several months of doing that, we get into the second year of you doing it. So the second year, he actually starts to trust you a little bit more, but also gives that firm I've got this on a timer, so if you don't return, you're going to lock up and you'll just be stuck out there in the desert and rust and die and bandits will find you and they do unspeakable things to robots. So make sure you are back within X amount of time, depending on the job. But he sends you out to get skags, racks, like bring back these animals so that he can kind of strip them of body parts. Can I say that every time that Demos goes out there, he has like a hand-drawn little makeshift wanted poster of his interpretation of Mercurius's face that he posts around wherever he goes. Even if it's in the wilderness, he'll just like staple it to a tree. Not realizing the context of wanted poster is usually a bad thing. He's just like, hey, I'm looking for my book. Doesn't make that connection. So there's these like hand-drawn, shitty looking wanted posters of Mercurius just like stapled around like the boomies and shit. Perfect. Interact check. Interact check? All right, but Just to see how good 
how well it's drawn. That's a five. It does not resemble him at all. <laughs> His name's on it, but it's a... Uh, questionable even that's misspelt (laughs) (laughs) it's just in ones and zeros (laughs) oh my gosh yes (laughs) yeah it's written out in binary that's so perfect (laughs) but your brain automatically translates it to like Like, yes there (laughs) this is perfect he'll know he'll know i'm looking for him oh my gosh uh what's your relationship with six been like so you know we did the first year first year you kept trying to rescue them you didn't quite like them did that? Did any fondness kind of develop, or some sort of bond? Uh, the fondness of an annoying little brother, at at best. They're definitely not as proficient at their job as you are. You were always the favorite. The favorite, yeah. He knows that, but kind of bothers him. He thinks you look down on him for not being able to cut up humans or animals as well as him as efficiently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I think he also is so desperate for to have somebody else, just to have yeah. somebody else other than the doctor to interact with. Poor guy. <laughs> and the doctor slacks on his duties of maintenance, right? So you both kind of help each other out in that department of doing repairs. Eventually, after so many of these jobs where you've gone out and you've come back, he decides to give you an even bigger job. The doctor does. One of the people that came in had some valuables on them. He wants you to pawn them, but he doesn't want you to do it in this town. You got to go to a neighboring town, and that's going to be a couple day journey there and back. He tells you the whole timer thing and sends you off. All right. I will be on my way then. Probably has like one of those little, (laughs) it's unnecessary, but he has one of those little, like in old school cartoons, the stick with the handkerchief tied around it so you have everything in there, you know, a little like track looking thing. And uh, he sets off. And, and this is still kind of montage. This is still within the two years. Like this is within the second year. But your first time, right? Like you've done this whole travel thing. You go and you're actually like, it's a bigger city than where you were. There's actually like people around. Does it? How does that feel for, for Deimos? I think he thinks that it's nostalgic. It's like, ah, oh, yes. City life as a human. The life I once had. Mercurius and I used to go out on the town like this and oh we used to this and that and rough house with our other human buddies and yeah so he's he's getting nostalgia from it albeit a little bit distorted in his mind so he's kind of excited kind of like oh whimsical feeling like oh back in the old days feels good wish I could just stay here like does he do anything other than like does he just stick to mission does he just go pawn the stuff off oh well he certainly puts up more uh, wanted posters but aside from that, he stays on task. Yeah. Perfect. Right. <laughs> Maybe he passes them out to a few people like, have you seen this man? And they're like, uh, absolutely not. See, one person is like, oh, could this be lo, 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 lo? <laughs> uh, He snatches it back out of this guy's hand. He's like, you're an imbecile. <laughs> you fool. Can you not read binary? <laughs> you finish the job, you come back and you start getting to go out and do that more and more often as valuables come in. You're doing a mixture of these jobs going in and out. So over these last two years, it's not like you get as many people to experiment on, to pull apart, because he actually is helping people that come through that seem like they're going to be missed. But if they give off that won't be missed vibe, he's definitely experimenting on them. Team, sir. You, so, you know, people who cut in line, people yeah. who are rude, 
to other people. People who would talk during movies. I talk during movies and I'm oh, not shit. afraid to say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my bad. <laughs> I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid. I'll take you on. <laughs> Say that to my face. Meet me in the theater. Put <laughs> your face in the movie. How's the movie's going? <laughs> so we're joining you in the doctor's office. You're in the back room. There's all the, you know, there's the operating table. There's kind of rusty tools around, all that stuff. He doesn't even have you. He doesn't worry about the cleanliness of it. Every once in a while, you both will bring stuff up. But he really just, he can't be too bothered with it. But he does have you sort tools because he likes to know where his tools are. So you're back there, you and number six, sorting tools. The doctor is manning the front. He's at the front desk. He's journaling. He's always doing that. Over these last few years, you've seen him make a lot of different potions. And he's always putting down exactly how many ingredients of each thing he puts in there. All that stuff, right? Like so meticulous on his note taking. He's only got that one hand and it's not his dominant hand. So it's not very legible to anyone other than him. You've even gotten a peek and your robot brain cannot process. Like, what even is this? Yeah. It's just chicken scratch. <laughs> yeah. You hear the doctor and says, oh, someone's coming. <clears throat> how, how can I heal you today? How, <clears throat> how, how? <clears throat> and you've heard him do this before. He always kind of gets into character. How, how can I heal you today? How can I heal you today? Got it. Okay. Uh, he puts on that like as, as normal of a voice. It's not intimidating as possible, right? And then you hear the front door open. Oh, you look rough. You, you doctor. Bandit wagon? Bandit. Bandit wagon. Bandit. What? Bandit wagon. You, you're drunk. I see. I see. You must have stopped by the saloon. Injured bandit wagon? Where? And then you hear a body drop a few seconds later. Number five, we've got a live one. All right, Sixy, uh, we're going to have some work on our hands. Get yourself ready. I think uh, Demos has a little apron on, dusts off his hands on the apron, even though there's no need to do such thing. But he has his little human and uh, little motions he likes. To, yeah, he's basically LARPing a human every day of his life. So he dusts off his hands on his little apron and he stretched out into the front and opens the door and takes a little peek. Ooh. The doctor was not lying. The man on the floor looks like he's seen better days. So the normal procedure when you get them, strip their clothing, sort their possessions, strap them to the operating table. All right, what's, uh, what do we do with this one? Same old? Same old, yep. Same old. All right, so I do precisely that. <laughs> uh, this one's going to be different. I feel it. I'm coming back there with you. I'm going to start prepping my materials. Number six, you robot the front desk. Rude. Don't humanize them. Got to keep them straight. I give him a side eye. <laughs> and pick up the dude, take him to the back and start on it. Yeah, you remove the clothing. You put his sniper rifle onto the side. There's a pretty nice sword you put to the side. While you're doing all that, the doctor is grabbing some jars, putting it on a workstation, grab some boxes. I mean, he's he's pretty proficient at doing all this one-handed. He puts a jar between his arm and uh, and body, his chest, and then squeezes the lid off or 
twists the lid off. That's how you open lids. <laughs> definitely don't have my wife open all my lids. <laughs> I'm definitely a big strong boy. <laughs> big strong. In those jars and boxes are various animal parts that you have helped harvest over the years. He looks at you and he says, why don't you take the arm off this time? I want the right arm uh, from the shoulder down. What for, though? I've got an idea. This this experiment is going to work. It's going to be so cool. Wait, is it finally happening? Doctor, are you... Is this arm for me? <sighs> it might be. Start off. We'll find out. This is the best day ever. And starts sawing away. Roll an interact check. Let's see how well you saw this up. Let's see how clean it is. Ooh, that's a nine. Not super great. It's a rusty saw. You don't normally handle a lot of that. Usually he has you hold the body and then he saws it. But he seems really, really excited about this today. But you do get the arm off. Not my best work. Uh, sorry, Doc. Uh, here you go. I hold up the arm like a little trophy. Excellent. He takes it from you. He puts it on his little workstation and he starts lining up different carapaces on the arm. He'll put the stump of his right hand down and hold the arm in place while he sews different things onto it, pulls out a soldering iron and does like soldering some to bits to it. Uh, and then he looks at the sword and he says, oh, look at this. This is beautiful. This should fetch a good price. Uh, I already called call dibs. I called I call dibs on that one. Sorry, Doc. Number five. Yes. We've talked about this. You're a possession. You don't get possessions. That's what you think? And that is okay to be wrong sometimes. Love you, Doc. XO. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. You go and you take this to the neighboring town. You pawn it off and you can buy yourself something nice. But also, I need some new scalpels. So give me some scalpels, too. How about an extra... Oh, say like eight hours on my allotted timeout. Roll a talk check. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. I think that's one of my strong suits. Let's see. It is. <laughs> All right, <laughs> fifteen. All right, you got it. I'm trying not to burst at the seams with joy. He's just—if a robot could grin from ear to ear, he's doing it. <laughs> Maybe his eyes, like the lights that illuminate his eyes, are just like flickering a little bit because he's just so there's so much energy in his head. He's so freaking stoked right now. Mysterious LEDs appear. They've <laughs> <laughs> never been there prior to this point. Nope. Now they're there. Oh my god! Big stoked. Uh, yeah, that is that's so good. <laughs> I mean, it's like a, it's kind of that crash test dummy head, so it totally could have like little LED lights behind the like mouth part. I love that so freaking much. Before you go, the doctor says, "You know what? Get me something." Nice too. And number six, I, I'm feeling really good about this today. Am I taking the boy with me? No. Oh, I'm just getting him something. Oh, okay, well, one of these days, one of these days, though, you'll come around. Well, I, I need somebody just in case. Yeah, yeah. All right, so then you leave and you go, you pawn it off. You get a pretty decent price for the sword. So you've got quite enough money to get a couple of supplies that you know he needs. And then what uh, what treats do you bring back for everybody, including yourself? And what do you do in that eight hours? So with the extra eight hours, Deimos is going around town trying to find someone who specializes in robotics to see if there's someone who can shut off his lockup timer oh, okay. so that he can make his grand escape. Probably, I mean, the likelihood of him finding someone very slim, but, you know, if he just 
has a little more time to look around. Um, he does that probably unsuccessful. And then as far as souvenirs go, he gets he gets the Echo Stone number of a very cute robot that he found to bring back for number six, who is very lonely all the time. Aww. Figured he could, you know, give him a little, oh, here you go. Here you go, buddy. Have a little pal to talk to on the outside. Oh, and uh, he gets him, uh, <laughs> reluctantly gets him, you know, those little, when you'd go to like the uh, laser tag places and things like that, and the prizes were like the little best friends forever necklace they're like heart necklaces that are cut down the middle gets one of those and he kind of looks at it forlorn he's like <sighs> remembering more curious in him having little matchy things now and then and it's like ah oh, well gets one for uh himself and uh number six and then for the doctor hmm oh oh for the doctor he, <laughs> he gets one of those souvenir mugs that says like worst boss ever <laughs> like haha get it it's a funny little office joke <laughs> and no scalpel right and no scalpel completely forgets the scalpel <laughs> yeah also he probably should have picked up a new song because that one was real rusty did a very bad job on that arm but he's just like la, 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 la. i get eight hours today Woo. he's stoked about his extra time he's living it up he's trying to find someone to shut off his lockup mechanics roll a search check search check I was about to be like, what's my mod? Doesn't matter much because that's a one. A one Okay, yeah, you definitely don't find anybody to mm -mm. do that for you. So Feels bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You will cry about it. On your way back, you see a gang of bandits. They call it a, a murder of bandits. That's the plural version. And so you, have, you know what to do. You avoid them. You go around a different way, but it's going to take you just a little bit longer. You know, you're going to have to rush a little faster to make it within that time limit. It's off that normal trail that you would take. You get back to the town. You see the sign that you've seen so many times as you come back into town, but it's definitely different this time. It says Shardleby, and then there is the population, 38, but the 38 is crossed out in red, and it says 36 now. Oh, no. Oh, interesting. Hmm. That didn't take long, though, did it? Let's go see who the unlucky soul is. You go into the building. Number six isn't at the front desk. Hello? Six? Doc? Hello? Anybody home? Nothing. No response. I think uh, he probably hesitates at the door for a minute, looks around, kind of shrinks into himself a little bit. Doc? Uh, and I'm going to very carefully, very cautiously search the premise. Yeah, you start checking like the coat closet under the front desk, very small places that they definitely wouldn't be. You finally get to the back room where the operating room is, right? That's the main area you usually spend time in. That's where you left him. You see what looks kind of like a human arm on the floor, but it is covered in carapace, like skag carapace, but it's just laying there on the ground, and then you see a pile of blood. Roll an insight. Uh, it's a seven plus four. There's a chunk of flesh covered in blood on the floor next to that pile of, or that uh, pile of blood, uh, <laughs> next to that dried pool of blood. Weirder still, Right next to that blood, the cement floor is broken and cement chunks and dirt is piled there. That's what you see, but no oh, sign God. of no sign of anybody in there. Oh geez. Um all right. Don't panic. Don't panic, Jamos. Get out of that belt, right? And then he like pretends to retch. Like, 
Okay, it's okay. Hold it in. Even though he's a robot, he definitely can't reach. It's fine. He thinks he can. Oh god, okay. Uh, he's gonna inspect the broken cement and everything a little more closely just to see if there's any sign. Check. Are there? I don't imagine there are any windows in this room. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Okay. Yeah, it's windowless room. Roll that search check. It's a 17 plus 1. 18. It looks like there's some sort of tunnel, but like it's a little bit looser. You couldn't get through that space, though, because it's kind of like the the dirt has been falling in on itself, but either something tunneled out or in. Uh, you, you can't tell for sure on that. Okay. And there's no way I could I couldn't get through that tunnel. No, not at all. Okay. Uh, with that search check, though, too, I'm just going to carry it over to kind of the rest of things. So you finish kind of looking at that and you're looking around and on the operating table, there's still blood on it, dried, sticky blood. Normally you do actually clean that stuff up, uh, but it's not cleaned up from where you cut the arm off. And there is a note on the table. <gasps> oh, my. All right. I'm going to go up to the paper and open it. Written in dot matrix, it reads... Demos, thanks for the stories. I want to have my own adventures. I didn't kill the doctor, but I didn't save him either. I shot him full of all of his serums and potions he's made over the years. His legacy dies with him. We've done some shitty things. You've always been better than me with the people and more skilled at the actual medicine. You've got a building and equipment here. Make it your own. See you in another life, brother. Aww. Is this the healer Deimos arc? Damn, okay. <laughs> Man. Aww. <laughs> He's going to read the note, finish it, and then look around and be like, Seems like a lot of damage. Oh, well. Proud of you, buddy. If we ever meet again, I'll be sure to give you this. He clutches the little best friend's necklace, the little plastic heart necklace, and then he pockets it and uh, starts cleaning up. Are you, so you are like, you're going to kind of take it and make it your own? Yeah. I think he wants to be sure that, because obviously he wants to go out and adventure, explore, do all that, but he wants to make sure his lock mechanic doesn't, you know, kick in beforehand. So it's better to be in here and slightly safer. So he's just tidying up for now. He's going to wait out that time frame, make sure he doesn't lock up and then go from there. That's the plan, at least for now, right? For now. Yeah. Tentatively. We're going to jump a whole year later. We're jumping just about to the present day, and we're going to go over to Pandora. Lucinda, you're stepping off a wagon. It's late morning. You look around. The town is even worse than your mission briefing said. Detritus everywhere. Broken staves, old worn-out spellbooks, rat feces in them. They're definitely not functional. Old artifacts scattered about. They've become rats' playgrounds. And then a little bit to the right, you see some stairs leading up to what you assume must be the town. Right. Well, I'm going to head into town and get my bearings. As you get towards the stairs, you notice a claptrap unit with its back leaning against the wall. It's holding this little metal stick and it puts that metal stick up and touches it to its own body. A little static electricity shock goes from the stick to its body and its one illuminated eye goes from blue to a variety of purples and it lets out a little sigh like, Ah, yeah, that's the good stuff. Sorry, do I know what that is? <laughs> is it just a druggy robot? <laughs> you could totally just see it that way, right? Like, <laughs> just pass by the druggy robot or whatever it is. No, I'm going to take every opportunity to ask if anyone has seen this person. Go up to the robot. 
hey you, have you seen this person? And then I'm going to hold up a little miniature painting, like a portrait. The Claptrap unit looks at it and says, I'm on my break. I'm not helping anybody. I ain't seen nothing. Leave me alone. And it takes another zap. This is my zapping break, all right? It's part of the union, and I get my zapping breaks. They're supposed to be uninterrupted. You get the hell out of here. I was just also deciding whether I wanted to kick the robot. Um, no, fine. I'm just going to leave. You go up the stairs. The town isn't much better than all the detritus below. Ramshackle buildings litter the landscape. To your left, you see a number of buildings. The only one that stands out being the one with very lip signs indicating that it's the town tavern. And you see a couple of people walking into that building. And then to your right, you see kind of a shopping area. And that's mostly what's to the right is that shopping area. Your intel told you that the shop owner may have the info that you need. So there's a bar and a shop. I would scout around a bit first rather than just charge in just to, you know, check out any, you know, alleyways that would be really great for an escape, that kind of thing. <laughs> just <laughs> in case. Yeah. Roll a search check. Oh, okay. Ooh, my first check. 14 plus one, 15. You find some good points of egress. If you need to make a quick escape, you see potential wood plank that you could use to slide down some of the piles of absolute garbage leading away from the town. You also just, you know, scouting there. There's some alleyways west of the bar and there's a building under construction and it kind of looks like a butt. Right. So there's no, you know, drunkards passed out in the alleyway, so I won't need to check them. In that case, I will go straight to the shop and see if I can find whoever's in charge. You walk in, and just as you're walking in, a portly man with brown hair, silver streaks on the sides, holding a dustpan, walks out of a room near the back of the shop. He sees you, dumps the dustpan. Welcome! Ah, looks like you're late. The other adventurers already got started. Uh, which other adventurers? Are, are you not here? Uh, I'm sorry, I... I'm used to having a certain type of clientele. We don't get a lot of visitors outside of that. So uh, w what can I do for you? Uh, yeah, I guess I'll just go straight in with I'm looking for this person and I'm going to hold up the portrait. He takes a look at it. Hmm. I am a businessman and information is a valuable commodity. And this is a shop. It looks like a fine shop. Show me your wares. You don't even have to actually buy anything. You can just pay me. I... Don't know if you know this person yet. I wouldn't take your money if I didn't know something. How recent is your information? Uh, roll a talk check just to determine kind of how he sizes you up type of thing. That would be a natural one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> if you're here, I'm sure that it's more recent than yours. Okay, well, I can't argue with that. That, that was sound facts. <laughs> cool. So I'm going to kick things off with... I'm just going to drop 10 gold onto the counter and say, I'm sure your information is valuable. Oh, thank you. And he takes it. Normally I'd charge more, but it is a little bit old. About a year ago, he came through with some people, went out on a quest for me. They had a clever plan to scam Hyperius out of some money, which I loved, but it didn't quite work out because they weren't willing to pay me my fair share. Last I heard, they were hunting down bandits near the border of Alaspis. I think he may have even headed into Alaspis. Who were these other adventurers he was with? Do you have a picture of them? <laughs> it's 
Sorry, you told me about them. <laughs> I get a lot of adventurers here. I'm not sure. So you remember he came through with other people, but you don't remember the other people. Uh, let's see. He was uh, he was an assassin, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh. <laughs> mediocre. Some would say he was an assassin. <laughs> that seems like a fair assessment from my, my uh, viewing of him. I believe there might have been a siren with them, and mm, I can't remember. It was over a year ago. Okay. I'd stop at the first town, gather a couple of supplies, and then go over to I don't fucking know, and that's a little bit bigger. Maybe they'll have some more information for you there, and if not, I guarantee you that somebody in Geohold will. Right. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your business. <laughs> and then you head out? Yeah, unless I need anything. I don't assume I don't. Yeah, I think you're good. The wagon that brought you here is your wagon. It's the company wagon. You had to trade out your car, your truck for a wagon once you got over here because the company does not approve of taking their equipment outside of the country. Right. I'll get back on my, my subpar wagons. It's still definitely like the nicest wagon around. <laughs> oh, okay. In that case, I'm going to swagger over my wagon. <laughs> Yeah. You've got two Saurians, which are kind of like dinosaur type creatures that are pulling it. And they are very fit, very well taken care of. They look nicer than the average Saurian. So they start taking you off. You get to the first town within a week and you see the sign Shardleby and there's a crossed out 38 and then 36. There's not a lot of buildings in there, less than a dozen. You see a saloon to the right, and then a little bit to, ahead of that to the left is a medical station, and then there's also a junkyard. I'm going to head for the saloon and see who's in there. You walk in, there's the bartender and one person drinking. Okay, I'll go up to the bar. I'm going to order a drink. Uh, what can I get you? Hang on, I might change my mind. How clean is this place? If you're asking that question, it's probably too dirty for you. Okay, in that case... I wonder if you have seen this person and I'm going to hold up my, my portrait. He looks at it for a second and said, oh, yeah, I do remember. He he ordered the house special. I thought that he might be a local or something that he grew up here and I didn't not recognize him or know him, but he could not handle his liquor and then headed off to the doctor's just across the street over there. The doctor's been missing for a while, but I think that one of his assistants is still around. Thank you very much. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. I'm going to the doctors. Welcome to Somewhere in the Middle of the Episode, where we do ads and promo swaps and whatnot and who's it's. So real quick, just want to say thank you for listening this far. Bunkers and Badasses is made by Nerdvana Games. So go to their website, check it out. You can probably still get a deluxe edition that comes with miniatures, a board, a dry erase map, standees, and all sorts of fun things in it. So go to nerdvanagames.com, check it out. You can support us directly on Coffee. There'll be a link in the episode description in the link tree at the very least. Huge shout out to Kyle, who does our music, as well as Shard13XIII. They also do a lot of our music, and we are so grateful to them because it is amazing. I love being able to put original music into the show. All right, that's it. There might be an ad after this and some promo swaps from other shows. Enjoy the rest of the episode.
Hey y'all, I'm Derek, host of the How Not to DM podcast. I hope you'll join me on my quest to interview the very best dungeon masters on this plane of existence. Each Wednesday, I bring on a new guest to talk about how they got into TTRPGs, some of their biggest mistakes and triumphs from behind the screen, and their awesome projects. There's no right way to listen to How Not to DM. Start from the beginning and binge, or take a look at my guests and pick a few that you recognize or that sound interesting to you. There's something for everyone, whether you're looking to up your skills running games or just want to learn more about what it takes to design, create, and run awesome TTRPGs. Head to my Twitter account at HN2DM to find my link tree, guest announcements, and more. And until next time, roll some Nat 20s for me. Deimos. It's a year later from when you pretty much took over the place. Yeah, Demos uh, stuck around. He's just been kind of doing some outreach more remotely, putting out his flyers still, hoping that someone passing by will recognize or curious and let know what's going on. He has kind of adventured out to different neighboring towns here and there, but also decided that he likes the feeling of just hunkering down at home. Um, and he has turned the place into an apothecary. And he's got like all sorts of like plants. He tends to plants. He loves plants. So it's just like looks like a greenhouse when you walk in. He makes all sorts of like medicinal treatments and herbs because he found the doctor's old uh, journal. Of course, skimmed through it. Couldn't decipher any of it, but pretended to. Oh, mm, very interesting. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just like downloading data to get that information that would have otherwise been in there. He's like, okay, you can do medicine with this. You can make potions with that, blah, blah, blah. So now he's running this uh, little apothecary, helping adventurers who pass by and hoping that one day one of them will have some uh, insight on Mercurius's whereabouts. Also over that year, you now are in charge of the money. Is there anything that you would have done to upgrade yourself? The doctor gave you like small allowances before for repairs, you know, patch up the old oil pan and whatnot, but nothing like serious. So would you have upgraded yourself from your crash test dummy days? Yeah, mainly upgrades that affect, like, you know, the senses and things that can bring him closer to humanity in some way. So, you know, upgrade sense of hearing, you know, maybe some kind of touch sensor type thing, uh, things like that. There's totally like a, a patch or download something that and a certain type of metal that allows you to feel like have sensation all over your body. Yeah, mimics neurotransmitters and exactly all that fun junk. Um, and then aside from that, he definitely stocked up on wardrobe. Takes great pride in the way he dresses. He's a very fashionable bot. Number six, never wore clothes. And you put up such a big fuss about wearing clothes. I think that the doctor pretty much just gave you like very crappy bare minimum stuff. So hand-me-downs. Yeah. Stuff that he took off of the <laughs> victims of his experiments. Like That's totally what it is. It's like you would sometimes get the leftovers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not anymore, baby. W what's the outfit they're wearing today? Hmm. today is going slightly cottagecore. He's got a little little knit sweater, kind of a burgundy color. And he's got some overalls on top of it. He's going for kind of the maybe cottagecore, slightly farmer look. Uh, he's got a little hat as well, a little gardener hat, the straw kind. Um, some, some little specks. He's got those little, what do you call those? The itty bitty ones. I don't know what those are called. I feel like in shows they have like doctors that have them and they're just so small just the and bitty, 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 bitty glasses. Yeah. 
Are you searching this, Becca? I, of course I am. What well, Google, Google's like, what do you mean, itty bitty glasses? <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We'll just, they're just itty bitty glasses. Yeah. No. He's got his itty bitty glasses and his little overalls and he's ready to freaking party. <laughs> where are you normally stationed? Like, where would you be midday? Um, watering the plants. So he's just in the front end, front of house, watering the plants, taking care of everything. He's got a cute little bell attached to the door. So when someone walks in, it'll chime. And you hear that bell chime. And in comes this woman. We've already described her. Gray trench coat, blue bodysuit, combat boots, brown hair, ponytail. She's very sensibly dressed for mobility, action. Just looks like a badass. Welcome to the Very Merry Apothecary. How could I do you for today? It's afternoon. I believe you have seen this person and I am looking for them. No, we're going straight in my portrait. Now describe the portrait. This is one of those miniatures about the size of your hand. It's a head and shoulders shot. It is a reasonably young man. What's the pose? It's a really arrogant side pose. Like, get my jawline in this. <laughs> Very upright. You know, too, that it's probably, like, not 100% accurate. Yeah, it's definitely, let's just say, got his best side. Better than all of his normal sides. <laughs> all right. Uh, Daniel takes a look at it. Kind of squints, if you will. His little LED lights narrow a bit as he looks it over. Huh. <clears throat> Very, very handsome. Thank you for showing me this. Um, now, have you seen this man? And then he shows his wanted poster of Richards. I'm afraid not. That's a shame. What is this name? I'm going to ask. Oh, his name is Mercurius. Okay, no, I'm afraid I haven't seen He's the best. If you'd seen him, you'd know. Very handsome, strapping and lad. Very heroic. He's, he's the best of the best. Oh, well, he... I wouldn't have come across him looking for this person. Oh, unfortunate. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen your guy either. I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I see a few people coming through here and there, but no one like this. But if you do ever see him, I mean, send him my way. He's pretty cute. Roll an insight. All right. Okay, so that's a 13 plus 4, 17. Right after you finish saying you don't know him, you've never seen him, it does click. I should mention that this was about a year ago. Oh, yeah. She says that, and all of a sudden, you feel a little bit of a sense of dread. You remember cutting this person's arm off. You had kind of checked around town afterwards. You know that a one-armed person went. They were seen stealing something from the junkyard and then headed off east. I was literally going to say when that happened and I was looking at the crime scene, if you will, I was like, where'd that guy go? <laughs> like, man, armless guy just what? Oh, my God. I'm Okay, so <laughs> Deimos is processing slowly. Oh yeah, no. I, I mean, if you if you happen to see him, they'll send him my way. He's pretty cute. I may have seen this man. His LED lights blink. So um, I'm going to take that as a yes. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yep. Definitely. Um. You needed to. Uh, just had to, you know, refresh my memory there. Yeah, roughly, uh, roughly a year ago. Yep, yep, he was here. Brilliant. And do you remember anything that happened? Uh, <clears throat> I do. Uh, yeah, he, you know, came in, uh, collapsed. We patched him back up, um, and I went on an errand in the meantime. So unfortunately, I don't 
know where he's gone from there? Oh, wait, may I ask, if you don't mind, what, why, for what reason are you looking for this, uh, this, uh, handsome young man? <clears throat> I've been sent to find him. Ah, very descriptive. I like it. Okay. Well, you know, I, um, I may not have uh, too much concrete information, uh, but I've got maybe a couple leads that could help, um, you know, if you don't mind my, uh, dragging along with you, perhaps I could help. I'm just going to think about that for a second, because she, she's not really a team player. On the one hand, you clearly know something. On the other, she thinks you're very slow. <laughs> <laughs> That wouldn't be a reasonable assumption. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you can you can come along for a while while you show me show me your leads. Yeah, leads. We could do that. Leads. Leads are my uh specialty. Yep, my specialty. He blinks again. Looks around. There's like plants everywhere. And he's like, yeah, investigating is what I am known for. <laughs> he's going to kind of lean in and glance one more time at the little portrait just to be sure. He's a little nervous about this. And then he nods again. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's the guy. I do have a lead. Give me just a minute, though. I need I need a pack. And then he runs into the back room. He is throwing, <laughs> of course, the necessities, clothing into a little backpack. He stuffs some of his little like potions and herbal remedies and stuff, just kind of, you know, shoving the essentials into a little rucksack, tosses it on his back, stops to glance in the mirror, slicks his non-existent hair back, and then comes back out. Okay. You are the best dressed person I've seen in months. Oh, thank you. So uh, he's, yeah, he's ready to square up and hit the town. All right, so uh, first lead, yeah, east. I guess he's just going to disclose what he knows about where this man has gone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks for waiting. I'm all set to go. What I know is that he headed to the junkyard um, after he was here for his uh, visit. And then he headed east. So east it is. Um, there's a town nearby. I actually uh, know a lot of the locals there. So we can ask around out there as well. Okay. Brilliant. As we I'm just going to ask, why did he go to the junkyard? Uh, 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 we're known for our junkyard. It's one of the it's one of the five wonders of the town of Shardleby. I'm unsurprised that he went there. So <laughs> <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Breathes a sigh of relief. <laughs> like this is fitting. <laughs> Get himself wounded and then went to a junkyard, and I'm like, that's on brand. Yeah, mm, on brand. <laughs> sifting through beer bottles hoping to get a little bit okay so we're gonna jump ahead a couple of days and we are in i don't fucking know it's sailor and the Merrigan. it has been maybe 10 ish months since you've been working with the newly re-elected old elected mayor you've had this awesome adventure with mr mayor and things just aren't as bright as they used to be exactly like you're doing the same things that you used to do and you're actually just as successful as you did before, but... There's no excitement. Exactly, yeah. So that's been kind of weighing on you for nearly the year. Sure would like some adventure. <sighs> Do you just chill kind of sometimes in the mayor's office? In the mayor's yeah. office? He's got oh. the, the office torium. Yeah. yeah, he's got the comfiest chair. And sometimes I need the comfiest chair in town. And I've earned it, so... You hear a... 
Paul, I know it's you. I'm sorry. I just, I'm still a little shaken. Do you want this open or closed? You're not my boss. That's up to you to decide. Okay. Uh, half. I'm gonna go half. Wrong choice, Paul. Keep it open. Okay. He walks in. He says, where's, uh, where's the mayor? He looks over to the left and the mayor is doing paperwork on the floor. <laughs> what do I look like? His keeper? She wanted the comfy seat and I, it's fine. I'm happy to work on the floor. There's more room on a floor than on a desk. He's fine, Paul. What do you want, Paul? We just heard back from the neighboring towns and they agreed to do this whole collective bounty thing. Oh, that's great news. How much is the bounty? It's, uh, it's a lot. It's, it's one million. Wow. All we had to contribute was the 50,001 from taking off that last bounty and, and upping it to this one. That's incredible. How many other towns are involved? Because if they're, if there's only two other towns involved and they're each only contributing 25,000, I feel like we're getting the short end of the stick. No, we're contributing 50,001. The other towns are making up that million. Oh. Paul looks at the list and he starts counting, like, and you see his lips moving and you can slightly hear the like, Here the one. Twelve. Twelve towns. Okay, I'll allow it. She says authoritatively. The mayor looks at you. I'm, yes, but not because she said it, okay? Just happens to be I agree with her. Actually, Sailor, why don't you take that down to the bountytorium, post it. Paul, you got the paperwork and the permits all done, right? Yeah, of course. We did that all in prep as soon as we even talked about putting this bounty together. Sailor, she's been sitting there with like her feet up on the desk and she does the thing where she's like, oh, okay, guess I'll go do a chore. Thank you, Sailor. Aggressively snatches the papers out of Paul's hands. If you want, you can just send one of your cats. No, I'll go. I need to I need to go out and touch some grass. Great. There is not a lot of grass here, but that's fine. (laughs) It's a metaphor, Paul. (sighs) I still don't get you how many years have we worked together and still it's fine good that's how it means it's working he goes mister i mean mayor how do you put up with her she was so loyal to mr mayor and here you are just she's great she was just doing her job paul maybe you try doing that you've had a real attitude this last year real attitude paul it's ptsd my therapy i'm making a lot of strides in therapy but i just flashbacks Certain things like knocking on doors set me off. <laughs> Paul, I don't care. Save it for your therapist. Yeah, Paul, unless you're giving me $25,000 to tell me this story, I don't want to hear it. Okay, well, here you go, sailor. And he hands you the paper that has the job description on it to take to the bountatorium. Great. I'm going to go to the bountatorium. Mayor, don't you dare get back in my chair. <laughs> he looks and says, I'm comfortable on the floor. It's fine. Do your stretches while you're down there. He tries to reach for his toes, but he only gets to his knee. That be- that belly is just too much in the way. Great. So the two of you will jump over to the two of you. You guys get into town. You're on Main Street. You're fairly familiar with the town. Uh, there's still this, like a year ago, somebody burnt down two buildings and the bar is repaired, but the Sheriftorium still not repaired. Even though That's fine. both mayors <laughs> said they would take care of it. And we don't need it. Deimos, 
montage every time uh, the little portrait is shown. Have you seen this man? You know, Deimos is literally right behind holding up his poster Mercurius as well. And this man too, this one too. Have you seen them? Well, that's actually perfect. Yeah. So you start doing that pretty much immediately within the first three people you show it to. They're like, yeah, of course we know them. He's the one that burnt down the bar in the Sheriff Torium and killed some people. I would check the Bounty Torium if, for more information. Maybe they've heard something, but last I heard, he never was caught. Ugh. Oh, uh, that's messy. Um, looks at his poster, looks back. Okay. okay. Uh, thank you. Yeah, They didn't even acknowledge your poster. <laughs> Literally everybody in this town has seen these posters or talked to you about it. <laughs> No, no like, we yes. still haven't seen him. Please stop asking. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, it, before you even start talking or holding out the poster, they just, that's their greeting like, nope, for you. still nothing. Sorry. It would be nice if at least you started with a, hey, how are you? Every <laughs> <laughs> new person who walks into the town, you attack them. Like, you just- oh, yeah. Immediately. <laughs> immediately. On them like a hawk. But unfortunately, you also apply that babies when they're first born you're like a new person maybe you've seen them (laughs) (laughs) yep every time every time uh all right so you guys head to the bountytorium bountytorium we go Hmm. who should arrive there first who should be there first obviously this is where you guys are meeting maybe we're there first holding up the queue being really annoying and you're like oh i've got business to do uh Sailor does not even wait in line. Sailor, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sailor sees the queue and is like, I have no time for this. Nice. I like it. <laughs> I mean, there's not that many people in there. There's like one or two vault hunters that have, you know, they pass through. They check on the bounty, see if there's anything easy for quick money. But there's still the poster of Tarquin up there. Uh, I'm just going to have a little look at the details to try and get an idea of what's happened. Yeah, on there it says wanted for murder, stealing utensils, burning down buildings. Hey, murder, theft, arson. All in a day's work, right? Truly. Yeah. Truly. <laughs> oh, escaping from, from jail. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, to be fa- very surprised to manage that. And then, Sailor, you go strolling up to the front. You get to the counter. There is a vault hunter that's just slowly looking through the bounties and really taking his time looking trying to figure out which one he wants to take and the woman behind there is looking a little like oh my gosh just pick one i i shove the vault hunter out of the way and i slam the papers down on the desk and i'm like forget everything else that you guys are working on i got a hot new update the vault hunter falls to the ground gets up grabs his pistol and he's like what the hell and then and he looks towards the door and there's just a cat there and it's Meredith Grey, the gross one. Oh, oh, I was thinking <laughs> it was going to be the other one. There's a gross yeah. one? Yeah. Amazing. Uh, you'll, you'll meet them. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was going to be the tough cat. No. But I love he, that it's Meredith Grey. No, it, Benjamin Button only comes out for <laughs> when I need the big guns. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So Meredith Grey is standing there, hunched, pissed, Rubbing her little paws together. <laughs> yeah. He holsters his pistol. All right. Yeah. I'll take this one. And he just grabs whatever's on top and walks away. Uh, but when he gets to the door, Meredith does not move out of the doorway. And he just is sort of like in that kind of side hustle, trying to get around a small cat that's dead center uh-huh. in the doorway. 
Yeah, and Meredith Grey takes her little paw and is like, <laughs> like drags it across her neck. <laughs> yeah, he goes to the corner and just kind of waits. Like she'll move it eventually, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the name of the um, banatorium barkeep stress? That's that's what you call that. <laughs> that's right? the word for it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they had a name. So Glenda. All right, Glenda. Time to update all the records. Uh, real quick, Deimos is going to uh, lean over and, and just whisper. Man, it's lucky we're not still in operation at my old job because the stuff we used to do with people who would cut in line. <laughs> Listen, I, I know you come here often, but you don't live here and you don't know how things work here. And no, I haven't seen him. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, they look through the paperwork and say, well, technically this says that it's a bounty, but really it's just kind of a job. Bounties are usually after people. It's slightly misfiled, but I know you've been working on this for a while and it's important. I this personally... Is, this is coming directly from the mayor's office where you know there are no rules. That's true. Things are his way, that it's the mayor's way or the highway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. And I really want I want clean water again. I miss it. Mm-hmm. We're not Shartleby. <gasps> yeah, we're not disgusting Shartleby. Yeah, like... Civilians. I'm not used to dirt in my water i'm used to that like we're used to lead am i right yeah like trace amounts of lead that kill you naturally lead is natural so it's (laughs) healthy it's organic from the earth is everything's good we're good and she walks over to the tarquin poster that you've been looking at takes that down and then puts this new one up hopefully this fifty thousand and one goes to something that can actually be accomplished Justice will find you one day. You look at the new bounty that's up there, and it says, turn on the world's faucet, $1 million. And then below, it's got some details in there. Uh, but you can't read it from where you are. Can I go over and take the old wanted poster of Tarquin? You go up to the woman holding it. Uh, can I look at that? Yeah. I mean, I was just going to store it in my records in case anyone ever wanted to put a bounty on him again. She hands it to you. Okay, it so happens that I've been sent to uh, to track this man down. Oh, what? Do you know his name? Uh, like, don't know. Hang on. <laughs> you see all the stuff he's wanted for. I don't need names to find someone. I just need to know which direction they headed in. But in case you were wondering, this man's name is Mercurius. He slides it across the counter. We know. <laughs> <laughs> Had to shoot my chop. <laughs> <laughs> the bounty hunter bar maiden sleep stress. stress. <laughs> <laughs> the bounty stress. She says, wait, Mercurius, that's what that is? I always thought it was la 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 la. You know, it's, yeah, well, it could be interpreted that way, but yes, it is Mercurius. Um, so just, you know, keep an eye out. Thanks. Uh, hey, you might want to look at this new poster. Since we're both really near now and can see it, can actually see it. Yeah. Let's scope it out. It says that some sort of siren was seen grabbing the Eternity Stone and stopping the world's faucet. The town went into a trance state. And when they came to the island where the Eternity Stone was all fire, victims of the fire appear to be a siren named Phaleon, a psycho named Good Boy a mech pilot, Mercurius, and a mechromancer, Tarquin. Deimos' LEDs light up in the 
biggest pog you have ever seen in your life. And he points. He's like, oh, 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 look, look, look. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try and like calm him down quite subtly. Yeah, like we don't go giving information. Play it cool. <laughs> Ixnay. <laughs> On the ponging, please. He like he like puts his arm the arm that was pointing, he puts it back down, but he's like jittering and he just like is looking straight at you like <laughs> cannot contain his excitement. There it is, dude. Sailor who is has eyes sees uh, <laughs> the excitement and uh and says, Hold on, do you know something about this? <laughs> I don't know anything about this. What happened? Mercurius, 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 Mercurius. He's jittering still, just looking right at you. Can we like slap him on the shoulder like the font, like the fawns, and snap him out of it? Hey, do it. Slap him like right on the back of the shoulder to like fix you. You hear an audible like as he realigns, blinks. Shakes his head a little bit. Uh, um, uh, and then he holds up his wanted poster again. He's like, mer- 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 Mercurius. Points to it. Mercurius. And then points to that one. Mer- 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 Mercurius. Why ask? You said in the poster it was victims of the fire are these four. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to send, don't really want to send Deimos into like a spiral, but <laughs> <laughs> you know when you sort of turn your shoulders slightly on someone, you're like, um, Okay. Hey, just um, hey, um so tell me tell me about tell me what happened. It said these are these are victims of this fire. I'm talking to Sailor. I don't know your name yet though. Um I don't quite know the details. I, I'm out of character right now. I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> you don't really know the details. All you know is that like the water stopped at Everfalls, and so water is becoming more and more scarce, and this one million dollars is to get the water going again at Everfalls. Listen, I don't, I don't know nothing about nothing. I'll, I'm just here for the water bounty for to fix to fix the water. Um, so my friend Damos here has been looking for Mercurius, so we're interested in taking this bounty. Great. Anyone can take it. Anyone can go and try and do it. You just have to head over to Everfalls. Hope you have some sort of wagon to get there. You could probably rent one if you need one, but it might take you like a week, week and a half. Ooh, I have a wagon. <laughs> I have a wagon. She yeah. looks the up and down and says, actually, you do kind of look like money. Do you need a million gold? Everyone could always use a million gold. Yeah, there's no need for stereotyping here. Do I look like a human? No. Does that make me less human? No. So reel it in. Check yourself. We'll take the bounty. Well, are you accusing the, the bounty mistress of being racist, sexist, robotist? Robotist? Yes, and I am. Famous. <laughs> Deimos, I lent you my fingernail clippers and you never gave them back. Listen, I, I'll bring them back. I'm still using them. Don't worry about it. But I'm, I'm just saying I'm, I'm your friend type of thing. I'm nice to you at the very least to your face. I indulge you in this whole delusion of you being, you know, like you don't need fingernail clippers. You don't even have nails. You drive me crazy. Yeah, well, you're driving me crazy. One day you'll see the air of your ways um hey bud though bud yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, yes did you read the the poster you seem pretty i did i did i read it it's the best day of my life mercurius i i have a lead i'm going to find him and we'll be reunited and all is well in the world so i 
You, who cares about your nail clippers? She does kind of a, a sad smile and looks at you, Lucinda, and just kind of shakes her head like, I don't have the heart to crush this poor robot. I think we share a little of like mutual pity. <laughs> yeah. And then I would say for you, Sailor, you see this robot so giddy about this adventure that they're about to embark on. And it kind of takes you back, gives you some of those same feels of those weeks that you got to serve with Mr. Mayor. Mm, this does seem like an adventure. An adventure. You know, if you guys, I know my way around the area. If you guys need um, just like a companion or like something, uh, she like the situation turns her into like an insecure like high schooler because she's not she she's never had to like ask right she just Aww. does it. <laughs> so, she's like, I love um, this. If you guys like w- want like someone to go with you, um, I. I, I could. I just picture her like twirling, like you know, just twirling, like, like yeah, twirling her hair. Yeah, um, like I don't know. It might be cool. If you just like think about it or whatever. It would be cool. Come on, let's go. We're gonna set off right now. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We're gonna just you know gather some supplies and take. No, we're right now. Right now, get the get in the car. Let's go. Yeah, it would be a pleasure to have somebody who knows the area. Yeah, and also whatever we need. I've got connections at the mayor's office. I can get us whatever. Brilliant. We're going to get tooled up before we go. (laughs) The bounty stress pulls Sailor aside just for a moment, kind of whispers, this Deimos fella has been coming here for like a year and a half, maybe even a little longer than that, looking for this Mercurius. He's going to be absolutely crushed. I think I've seen this film before, and I didn't like the ending finally comes around here and stops asking about him. I think this is a win for everybody. Do you really want to put yourself through that? Listen, I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) When you bust out the town motto, town name and town motto all in one. I didn't choose this town and I dream of getting out, okay? But I also am tired of being annoyed by this robot. You're going to be traveling with him. I know, because I also dream of adventure. Do you remember the days of Mr. Mayor? Do you remember those two weeks with Mr. Mayor? Nobody could forget this. I miss it. I miss that chaos so much. And I need something to keep me from strangling the current mayor. And I see an opportunity in this. Don't ruin this for me. All right. Go with my blessing. You don't need it. I know you don't. And then I, I just run my hand over her face. Like, thank you, Glenda. I tried to pick my battles till the battle picked me. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. (laughs) You've got your battle. It's picked you. You guys head out. Why don't you introduce yourselves to each other? All right. So right outside the building. uh... Mercurius is the best. I can't wait for you guys to meet him. He's he's the best. The best of the best. Truly. My name is Deimos, by the way. And then he just looks expectantly like, uh, well, I'm Sailor Twift. And coming along with us will be my three cats. Let me introduce you to them now. And my three cats, Sound of Music style, like, shut up and line up. This is Dr. Olivia Benson. She's my go-to gal, my my girl Friday, my right-hand cat. This is my cat that I send out to retrieve information and groceries when I need them. Next in line is Meredith Gray. She's the gross one. See a gross thing, she's going to eat it. See a body, she's going to go investigate. She's my gross girl. And then we have Benjamin Button. He's my tank. He's only used in case of emergencies. I love them. 
<laughs> Demo squats down a little bit and looks at them. Pleasure doing business with you all. I can't wait for our adventures. Dr. Olivia Benson just nods her head once. Nailed it. So I'm going to politely ignore the cats, but I'm going to. <laughs> you know, which, which only means the cats are all up in your business all of the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to introduce myself. I'm Lucinda. I've come from New Albion. I've been given a task by my employer, but I'm happy to do this in the meantime, just to help my new friend, Damos here. You're a real hero. I know. <laughs> he, wipe, he wipes an invisible tear off of his robotic face. All right. And then standing upright, Damos pops his hands on his hips, takes a big, a big robotic breath and sighs it out. This is just like all the hero adventures that Mercurius used to read to me. Oh, I can't wait. Let's go. And off he goes. Ahead of the party. Is he going to be talking about this guy the whole time? <laughs> it's a Deimos guarantee. <laughs> we actually need to stop in the mayor's office real quick. I just got to give him a heads up that I'm heading out of town. Gather supplies, all that. Uh, yeah. So I want to like poke my head into the mayor's office. He's still on the floor. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to be gone for a little bit. So don't expect anything from me. But also I'm going to turn my head back and be like, hey, do you, what, do you guys need anything? You guys need anything before we go? Yes, I need a staple remover. It's about time I take down all those posters. Maybe maybe save it for afterwards and you and you and your friend can do it together. Bring the staple remover and we'll get them on the way back. Yeah. That's perfect. You guys are so smart. The mayor says, is that Deimos? He's talking about taking down the posters? Hi, mayor. Paul, Paul. Citywide event. Yeah, mayor, I'm here. Go take down the posters. Take them down. Deimos is ready for them to be taken down. By myself? Yes. Just do it, Paul. Damn it. God damn it, Paul. Do it, Paul. What else are you doing, Paul? You have one job, Paul. God, yeah. I used to kind of be respected here. I used to kind of be respected. Go get the posters, Paul. <laughs> he pouts and leaves. All right, well, we're also, we're just going to grab some snacks on our way out, and uh, I'll see you in a little bit. Like a like later than tomorrow? Do you need the day off? Hi, Mr. Mayor. Yeah. Always leave them wanting more. Hell yeah. Okay, yeah. So you gather some supplies, snacks. I assume you're taking some clothes, cat food, cat toys, mm -hmm. a lot of cat-centric things. Yeah. A food. Food's okay. They're good hunters. They can take care of themselves. How much stuff do you bring? Probably not much. Okay, pretty minimalist. Pretty minimalist, yeah. Like a change of underwear, at least. Great. Good, good. So yeah, you all pile up into the nice wagon that you've got here. Lucinda, that you've brought, start heading off north and northeast. Montage, travel, you're doing a week and a half. What kind of shenanigans are happening? I imagine Deimos definitely talking and both of the others looking a bit annoyed, even the cats. The cats, as per usual, in typical cat manner. The cats are rubbing up against Lucinda a little endlessly. too much. Yeah, endlessly. endlessly. <laughs> it's not that she doesn't like cats. It's just she uh, doesn't feel like it was proper to introduce herself to them. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I also was wondering if it was like an affectionate thing, like an affection thing, right? Like she's she kind of has an aversion to like affection in general. Mm, she's, you know, uh, you you don't you don't miss what you never had. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Oof. I need to take a break to go cry. Oh, That's a doozy. Are there any like bonding moments as you guys go? So I, I would love it if there was a moment where Sailor could be like, Damo, I've heard you talk about this guy a lot. How do you even know him? Like, what's the deal? 
Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Prepare yourself for a great story. As little LED lights light up, you'd see a flicker of like joy that you asked. <laughs> Mercurius, he saved my life. I was in an accident many years ago. I, well, I was left for dead, had nothing left. I was in a bad way at that time. He showed up and he saved me and he took me in and looked after me for years. We were, we were very close. He's single-handedly the most important person in my life. Woof. How did you misplace him? Oh, oh, uh, oh. Uh, well, you see, we were um, we were working a job together and um, I don't really like um, remembering it, uh, honestly. But uh, the, the TLDR, if you will, is that uh, we got tangled up in some bad business and... Um, you know, I, uh, we had another incident and, um, he managed to get away safely because I took the, uh, heavy fire, uh, for him. And, um, I frankly thought I was going to die, which would have been fine. He saved my life. So it's the very least I could do is repay that to him. So yeah, I didn't expect to wake up after the incident. And so ever since I awoke, I swore to myself I would find him again. Do you think he's been looking for you? I, Yes. I do. I definitely do. That's optimistic. I respect it. Mercurius is a very, very good man. He's honorable and optimistic and smart and clever. And I know that somewhere out there, he knows that I'm still here too. I can't wait to see the look on his face. I can't wait for you to see it either. <laughs> what about you though? How did you how did you make friends with such adorable adorable creatures? These cats are, are quite pleasant to be around. Uh you know, much like you know, you know how cats are. They just kind of find you and uh, they stick around. And that's that's how I've had Dr. Olivia Benson the longest. She came to me. She it's actually quite funny. We were both on a secret, not so secret mission, but we were both trying to recover some lost information. And she and I were both acting separately, trying to recover these documents. And we broke into the same safe at the same time. And we were just kind of like, well, I guess it's us from here on out. And she's just kind of stuck with me ever since. Dr. Meredith Gray, I found her in a dumpster. And Benjamin Button just kind of showed up in a fight one day and never left. But I'm glad, I'm glad he showed up. Am I right? Wow. How amazing. Yeah, they're pretty good. I like them a lot. I imagine that over the course of the week and a half, Lucinda goes from just absolutely ignoring the cats and being like, I don't really appreciate this. Like by the end, like secretly sneaking in a couple little pets. Yeah. <laughs> like always like never looking, just like pretending she doesn't even know they're there. Just sticking out a finger for them to rub a face on. Oh, that's perfect. Do you guys ever ask Lucinda about what's so important about this guy or her history or anything at all? So Sailor, the reason Sailor has not asked her a question is Sailor gets the vibe that she's not much of a talker or sharer. Deimos just assumes that she's looking for her boyfriend. <laughs> so he's like, all right, cool. Bet. You want to find him? We'll find him. <laughs> Every mission for Deimos was done out of love. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So at one point he just kind of was like, so how long were you together? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. So stare at you in a really dead eyed kind of way. Ah, uh, the mysteries of love. I think this is more of a job for her than a, a quest. You know what I mean? Sometimes love is hard work. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> this is a job. So I'm just you know, out here doing a job. Sailor and Deimos, you can roll insight. 16. He's 16. Oh, wow, okay. 
Both of you can tell that sometimes when she's saying, like, I'm just doing a job, sometimes it seems like she's trying to convince herself of that, too. Mm. Okay. Mm. Yeah, whatever you say, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Deimos, who's getting the other idea from, okay, whatever you say, wink. so after this week and a half of traveling together bonding with each other to some extent at least friends friendsly friendlyish friend friendishly friendly friend adjacent and adjacent adjacent i imagine deimos views like sailor maybe as a little bit of a closer friend because she's more open but then lucinda is like the reluctant friend like you pretend like you don't love me but you do you know (laughs) it's okay to be vulnerable and have feelings (laughs) damon's thinking he's like the fourth cat that lucinda pets (laughs) yes a hundred percent a hundred percent living it up What's Sailor's thoughts on the other two companions by the time after a week and a half? Sailor was initially a, li- a little irritated by Deimos's enthusiasm and has mad respect for Lucinda and respects her whole vibe. But the course of the week has def- she's been dying for a change of scenery and at least something different than the mayor's ineptitudes. So this has been like a literal breath of fresh air for her and she's starting to lean into it. What about you, Lucinda? What are your thoughts on Sailor? So I am very glad that Sailor came with us because I get the impression of intelligence and competence, two things I prize highly. I'm like, I'm glad I've got someone. You know, not saying that Deimos isn't going to be reliable. (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad Sailor's here. But, you know, Deimos, I've grown used to their sort of chattering and the, I think I'm struggling with reconciling my mission and their mission. And I, I'm not sure how Tarquin and Mercurius ended up in the same place. And I'm a bit worried about what might have happened to them for my sake and for Deimos's sake. So I think I'm a bit anticipating what we're going to find more than anything. To add to this, maybe even worried that like Tarquin got mercurious into this yeah like that it was tarquin's fault yeah well i'm worried about the phrasing of the victims because i was sent to find tarquin and if he's dead i can't find him right like this is a problem i also um sailor at first was it very much looking forward to the joy of the of damos's realization that this guy he's been looking for is no longer alive but now, over the course of the week, it's definitely changed to, oh, man, this is actually going to be a bummer. <laughs> this is going to suck. And occasionally on this trip, you've learned that Sailor occasionally does this two fingers to the temple type thing and that you have to shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. It's how I communicate with Dr. Olivia Benson. We have to have an intense staring contest. I've got my fingers to my temple and I cannot be interrupted. It does occasionally actually hinder whatever we're doing when we could just do it faster if I didn't take the five to ten minutes to telepathically communicate with Dr. Olivia Benson. Like sometimes you make everyone stop the wagon so that the jostling doesn't disrupt (laughs) (laughs) As you guys are getting closer to Ever Falls, you see some trees, but they look like they're struggling and it changes more from a desert to kind of a jungle at a certain point. But the jungle does not look very lively. A lot of the leaves are dying. Vines are looking sad. Grass is yellow. Plants are yellow. Just 
looks awful. And it just gets worse and worse as you get closer to Everfalls. You start seeing dried riverbeds. Finally, you get to Everfalls and it is pretty desolate. Some of you probably know that this is the second largest settlement in Alaspis. So it's not what you expected. This is disappointing to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know what we can what we can do. So um, you're here or we're, the bounty is to rectify this. Yeah. And I actually didn't realize it was as bad as, you know, because I was pretty cushy up at the mayor's office where we just had water. But now that I'm down here, this is actually a nightmare. Didn't they say the faucet had been turned off? We just turn it back on again, right? What do I look like, a plumber? Is that a rhetorical Are you saying I look like a plumber? I'm just saying there's some pretty saucy plumbers out there. Saucy? Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So as we're going in, like, how near are we? Are we just seeing all this desolation as we approach? The town doesn't look too terrible. The buildings present nicely. There's a little bit of, like, it's a little bit less organized because as you go into town, you have to park your wagon outside of town, uh, just outside, but you're walking in and it's almost like Venice type thing, right? Where you're walking along the streets and there should be a river there. There's a lot of bridges that go over that, but the town is built around all of these rivers and streams, but most of the businesses closed down, most of the houses abandoned. You maybe occasionally see somebody but they kind of avoid you. They keep to themselves. They they go inside quickly when they see somebody approaching. So there are people living here. Yeah, there are people living here. Oh. And I'll, I'll just guide you to this. So you keep continuing on. You may have caught somebody and talked to them and they told you, you know, people who could afford it left and people who couldn't afford it. Some of them left and decided to try and figure shit out anyway. But some of us just can't. Some of us can't afford to get a wagon and there's no way we'd survive out on our own. So at least here we've got shelter. Very sad story like that. And, and that's kind of the feel of the town. You continue to follow the walkway. You get to the center of town. It is a very large open area. You kind of get the sense that maybe this was very pretty. Like there's around the outskirts of this large circular area are little shops, an abandoned ice cream kiosk a coffee shop, various things like that, a, a petting... A, a petting zoo, say it. <laughs> an animal boat. Oh, shoot, what was it? An animal boat petting zoo or a boat animal petting zoo? What? Huh? A petting zoo on a boat? An aquatic petting zoo? So you see that sign and there's nothing there. No <laughs> idea what that means. But there is, from there, you can even see that the area that was the lake is dried up in the middle. There are animal boats, little paddle boats, you know, shapes of swans, skags, racks, spider ants, all that stuff, jabbers, blah, blah, blah. And there's a building with a dock that used to rent them out. And then in the very center, that is the most glorious sight. Really, that's what your eyes are instantly drawn to before you get to this big open area is what would be the island is entirely covered in flames and electricity just shooting out, lashing. It's staying pretty central to the island, but occasionally flames will shoot out past the border of the island and electricity will just, a little shock, a bolt of lightning shoots out. Well, I don't think it's supposed to do that. Mm-mm. Hey, 
Thank you so much for listening to Friend and Foe Adventure Co. Was it? If only I was present of the main cast, is it still Friend and Foe Adventure Co.? I don't know. That's up to you guys, I guess. But either way, hope you enjoyed the episode. It was really fun to do this different kind of thing. I had actually been planning it for a really long time. And the situation came up for this and it seemed too perfect not to do it. So again, hopefully you all enjoyed it. This was actually recorded before the gang was in Phaleon's whole memory thing. If you're enjoying the show, I hope that you'll take the time to rate and review us on your podcatcher, especially Apple Podcasts. It means a lot to us. I love reading them. We only have three of them on Apple Podcasts, but I'll read the most recent one, which was March 11th from Decidus. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Five stars. Tina would be proud. The characters are played in true Vault Hunter style, and their BM has some great stories to tell. Entertaining hijinks, great lore, world building, and just one question. Explosions? Pull up your pants and step into this buoyant topiary of continuous laughs, mayhem, and other stuff. Just listen already. Thank you so much, Decidus. I really love reading these. So if you haven't already, go ahead and go on there. Create an Apple account and just give us a nice review. Send them some nice words. That would be so great. Same thing with on Good Pods. You can actually comment on each episode and say what you think. And or you can come and join us in our Discord and chat with us there. I just started making threads for each episode that comes out so that when new episodes come out, you can just click on that thread and then chat about it in there. And whether you're new or old to the show, you can go and chat in each individual episode. I'm really excited about that. I hope that it's a cool thing to do. I don't really know. I'm just trying something new. Whatever you decide to do, thank you so much for listening. It really does mean the absolute universe to us. You can also tag us on social medias or interact with us there at FF Adventure Co. and let us know what your favorite moment of the episode was. You can find links to our social medias, Good Pods profiles, coffee, and whatever else in the episode description, like our Discord. Come join us. Hang out with us there. It's a link tree, so you just click on that and it'll pull up all of that stuff. And you just tap on that or click on that and it'll take you to where you want to go. Our next episode might be in two weeks, and I have threatened this before, but I had a work trip come up and we have a family vacation, so it really actually might be three weeks. But of course, I'm going to try and get it out by July 4th, which is the normally scheduled episode. Woo! Happy 4th of July here in America. But if I can't, then plan on July 11th. Again, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And remember, badasses. Happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are badass. She says that, and all of a sudden, you feel a little bit of a sense of dread. You remember cutting this person's arm off. <laughs> <laughs>
I knew it. <laughs> really? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm calm. I'm calm. <laughs> oh Ruining <my> lives. <laughs> oh no, that's on me now. <laughs> Oh, my oh gosh. Okay. I thought you had figured it out. I literally quoted, like, I literally wrote down exactly what their conversation oh. was. Uh, there's like the whole carapace. Oh my. Oh, such a good reaction. Cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> that's going to be the closing. That's the end credits right there. That is. <laughs> oh my. Gosh. Okay, I'm composed. I totally forgot to say who played who, and I'm so sorry. So I'm just going to record a thing on my phone right now and add it real quick. So I'm sorry for the audio quality, blah, blah, blah. Deimos was played by Nick at Nextrosity. There was Rebecca who played Sailor Twift at You, Rebecca. And then... Let me pull that back up. Allison Janet Brown at Allison Janet Bro One. I call her Bunty. I think that might just be a nickname. I guess I don't know. Uh, that uh, and and she played Lucinda. So yeah, be excited for next episode as we continue their adventure.